Welcome to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. This is a podcast about seeking first the kingdom of God where we work, live, and play. The content of each podcast will correspond to the current sermon series at Ontario Christian Church, current events that rise up, and also to the church calendar. Thanks for listening. Hey, welcome back. It's been quite some time since we've been with you. Welcome to episode number eight. Uh, we're in the second sermon of our new series called Kingdom Ethics. We're kind of reviewing uh, why we do what we do and how does the kingdom of God influence the way we live, work, and play. Um, and so just kind of working these things out, asking harder questions. So if you do have questions, just as a kind of a preemptive to this, but if you have questions uh, regarding um, how does the kingdom of God uh, influence our world, and then what are some deep questions that you may have in regards to uh, things you may struggle with? We're going to talk about politics, sexuality. Um, what else are we going to be talking about, I guess, in the coming weeks, Jordan? Yeah, we're going to talk about finances and sanctity of life and um, other topics as they may come up, kind of flowing out of sermons and stuff, or just kind of following the Lord as He reveals and guides us. And um, yeah, just how does, as you said, how does the kingdom influence and impact and dictate how we think about these things. So if you have an idea or maybe you've been struggling with a specific issue, um, we'd love to hear about it. We'd like to maybe uh, study it, speak into it, let the Word of God speak into it. So feel free to email us. Uh, The email address is in the show notes. So uh, this week we're going to be talking about discernment, right? Yes. Yes, discernment. Uh, This is what we preached this last Sunday, and so kind of flowing out of that um, specific topic. Because before we get into... Uh, kingdom ethics and all the specific issues. We wanted to kind of, kind of discuss what does it look like to discern uh, God's will, God's ways in the midst of all these specific issues. Because I think if we get our feet in a solid ground into this, that it becomes easier to kind of traverse some of these deeper subjects. So, um, yeah, why don't you go ahead and kick us off on discernment, if you would? Yeah, yeah. So we have a couple scriptures. Um, I guess the first one we'll jump into um, was one that you had in your sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I can read it, and then we'll go from there. Sounds good. Luke chapter 12, verses 54 through 56. He also said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you say at once, A shower is coming. And so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, There will be scorching heat. And it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but you do not know how to interpret the present time. This is a zinger from Jesus, isn't it? It is. He doesn't hold back on this one. He does not. And so unpack, you know, what role did this play in your sermon and kind of how shaping this uh, perspective of discernment we're trying to take? Yeah, it feels as if there's like a famine when it comes to uh, discernment and wisdom and just common sense, like the ability to kind of sit back and review life with the lens of the gospel, like what is going on. And it seems as if we can predict, uh, Jesus is saying, you, you can predict the weather and the outcomes of the weather based upon the clouds you see in the sky and the way the wind's blowing. But for some reason, you are blind to what is actually happening in this present time. And obviously, as Jesus is uh, in speaking and the, the ministry that he's doing at this time, uh, there was a lot of blindness going on. Like the, he, he needed it actually to fulfill the prophecy in that time. But he's also just kind of reminding us that we need to be aware of what's going on around us and having spiritual eyes that are open and awake. And that was kind of the point of that part of the sermon was to say, wake up, like be wise with how you're viewing the world and 
take your time and give thought to what is actually going on around you and discern what God's up to in the midst of everything, because the world is just, it's going to keep going the way it's going. But the question is, what is God up to in the midst of it? And I think we kind of lose sight of of that specific aspect. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, just on the note of losing sight on that specific aspect, we've talked about this a little bit before, but we tend to look at issues um, in the world kind of through the lens of television and social media Mm -hmm. and ways that we receive news and input news into our lives. We will never fix problems on a macro level. Right. On the big scale where there's these issues and these issues, but what I can do is seek the kingdom of God first where I live, work, and play. Mm -hmm. And I can influence those who are around me. I can't influence the globe mm-hmm. you know i can mm-hmm. only influence those around me and so we i think we tend to get overwhelmed um by the times and we lose our ability to interpret them mm-hmm. um through the lens of scripture and and the worldview that god has laid out for us in the bible yeah definitely i think and also just covid and everything kind of happened is separating mm. people out and then all the topics that everybody's arguing about fighting about it continues to segregate people down to smaller and smaller circles and so just being a community like it used to be, uh, mm. taking care of one another, aware of one another's needs, uh, aware of what's going on in our society, our neighbors' lives has kind of been, we've been tricked and fooled in a lot of different ways um, by kind of being captivated by all these mm. other things versus knowing your neighbor. So Right. Yeah. And that's a like a super, the thing about like knowing your neighbor and, and, and just serving one another and providing for one another in that way and just being alongside one another is it's super ordinary and, and it, it happens kind of, we tend to look for what big, again, what big impact mm-hmm. I can have. Mm-hmm. And it's just the daily pursuit of loving God, loving others. Mm-hmm. And how, how can I benefit those around me with my presence, with the, the things that God has gifted me? How can I gift it back to others and all of that kind of stuff? So. Yeah. I think we prefer to keep things far from us mm. as well. Right. And like, mm-hmm. so to interpret the present time is kind of like, <laughs> we want it. We want it as far away from us as possible, and so we're almost afraid to get to know what's actually happening. And we talked about this in the message right around this time, I I think so, uh, is fear plays a big role in this as well. Like, Mm. I don't want to know what's going on in the present time because I may not be able to do anything about it, but you're right. If we love our wife well, our spouse well, our kids well, our neighbor well, our friends well, we can impact Mm. that. So we don't have to be fearful of what's going on in the bigger realm. Um, We need to be aware of it but don't let fear keep us from engaging and loving one another mm. uh, in this present time. So, yeah. I think I'd also think like how, how you know, how, I don't know how much of this is relational uh, and what Jesus is saying. Like, you don't know how to interpret the time. And if we I tend to get frustrated um, on the macro, on the big level of the way things are going in the world, but we're not getting to know people. Mm-hmm. Like it's easy to be frustrated at ideas and concepts and ways of life when you actually know a person and their story and you're walking in a relationship with them, it's a little harder to be so frustrated and consumed with anger over what's going on. Does that make sense? Yeah. Flesh out a little more though for me, if you could, I can be mad at certain ideologies or uh, thoughts or uh, certain groups of people. And, and when it comes to interpreting the times, you said, we don't really want to know, like we don't really want to engage with it. And I can be mad at, the way I see things play out on a, on the news, on social media, and certain things that certain people groups do. But if I just get to know people that I'm around, the temptation for that is much lower because it's 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 relationships. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, no, it absolutely does. Yeah, and I think that we would prefer to stay in the bigger realm. Right. But So how do we pre- interpret the present time then in view of those things, though? I guess what you're saying then is also we have to know the narratives of the people closest to us then right. in order to interpret the present time. Right. What's nearest to us. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Do you have other scriptures, other thoughts in that scripture? Yeah. You want to go ahead and jump to Romans 12, too? Yeah, go for it. All right. Romans 12, too. This also came up uh, in the sermon. Paul writes, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul gets into this language of conformity and transformed. Um, And the reality is for all of us, we've all been... We've all conformed to the world, and we need to be transformed back into uh, the image of God and back into Christ likeness. But it, that's that's possible, you know. We've been conformed, but Paul's saying transformed by the renewal of your mind. Like this is a possibility, and in that he goes on to say that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so that's kind of like the like where he's leading that that by testing this kind of which we can mention First John 4, 1 here, too, where yeah, he before says— Before you get there, though, because that's talking about spirits. Can I interrupt Yeah, 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 yeah. Go for so it. So I think the key piece with that part there also is he's uh, talking about your renewing of your mind, mm. testing you may discern what the will of the God is. So, like, why do you think the way you think? Mm. Like, what 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 has formed your thought patterns? What has formed why you believe what you believe? Hmm. Um, so to renew your mind is to, to in order to renew it, it's kind of like over overriding like a hard drive. It's like putting something new onto that hmm. hard drive so that it interprets data correctly. Uh, this is really old school. I don't think you have to do this solid state, but back in the day, you had to defrag your hard drive because hmm. pieces of information be out of place and wouldn't be able to be. Uh, put back together in the right way Hmm. and so i think the same thing is true with our own minds he's saying in order to renew your mind you have to you have to discern and you have to test why you think why why you think the way that you do Hmm. and i think that we avoid this like common sense Hmm. or even like formulation of thoughts and reason especially in the christian world to some degree has either become like we mentioned earlier, like so systematic that it like writes out the hand of God sometimes, mm-hmm. or the opposite, like just ignorant of the right. hand of God. Right. And it's like there's got to be a ground in there that we need to stand on. Like, why do I believe what I believe? How do I renew my mind in Christ so that I'm able to discern what's really going on around me? Um, and he says, test it. So it's it's um, testing your thoughts. Testing. Mm-hmm. You see this with toddlers. Right, <laughs> you see, you say hot. What is the first thing they do? Touch it. Right, and then when they touch it, like, what do you know that burnt? You know, and mm-hmm. so they make that connection. And I think that we need to be doing the same thing as adults, as followers of Jesus, um, especially as we grow in maturity, is testing all the reasons we believe what we believe. Like, why do I believe it? The scriptures mm-hmm. say you must be prepared to give an answer mm-hmm. for why you believe what you believe. In church, like Christians, we've got to get way better at this. Like we've got to grow in the depths of understanding our why we do it, not just you know, not just locking in in a legalistic form, right? But actually having truth behind it and thinking, mm. uh, God, mm-hmm. God is, God is not illogical most times, right? And so there is a logic behind why we believe what we believe, and so we need to kind of renew our minds and test. Sorry, I went on a, a rampage there. No, a it's minute, great, but, and I think it brings up an important point that we often forget that Jesus was a teacher. Yes, he was. And he was really good at it. He asked incredible questions right. that provoke deep deep thought. Yeah, introspective, yeah. reflective thinking. Yep. And we don't like to do that. 
Right. Because sometimes it's exhausting for sure, but other times it's uncomfortable. Right. And I don't like to think about how I think about something because that kind of bends my brain a little bit mm -hmm. and I'd rather just keep it status quo and keep going. Yeah. But the point is to, I mean, Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men when, when he called his, some of his disciples. And that's like a, that's a Hebrew idiom for like, I'm going to teach you how to like win the minds of people mm -hmm. with how you explain who I am to them. Mm -hmm. Not just like, oh, ha, funny joke, Jesus, like. Peter's fishing and he's going to now go fish for men. It's like, no, I'm going to help you become a teacher of me and mm -hmm. I teach how I teach. But he was a teacher who asked great questions, mm -hmm. I guess was all I was saying with that. And Yeah. Well, our culture has a tendency in both both arenas, whether worldly or, or sacred or secular, of parroting. Just mm -hmm. saying what we've heard, not knowing why we believe it or why we heard it and say, yes, I'm going to, this is, it's almost like to fit in this group, I have to be able to say this mm. versus why. And so I think we're seeing this both in the sacred and the secular is, I mean, you've seen the, and we've talked about this in the past, the guys on the street asking hard questions to people and they just repeat what they've heard. And then he asked the follow up the question. It's like, why, mm. why do you believe that? Mm -hmm. And there's like no answer most of the time. It's just because my professor said it or my pastor said it or whatever. And so it's kind of like, God's reminding us that there's a depth that we need to grow in in this area, like opening our minds to Christ and renewing our minds, getting your Bible and spend time reading and studying and thinking, like actually think, mm -hmm. like use your brain yeah. uh, to formulate thoughts that have a, a good conclusion that you can uh, stand up against uh, argument. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's like, are we, are we, do we come away with our own observations? You know, not in a way that we oh, I have this new interpretation of this passage in the Bible that's never been done before. No, it needs to be consistent with how the rest right. of the church interprets the scripture throughout the last 2,000 years of church history. But do the, it's the, the question, do we think? And I think a mark of wrestling through how we think and doing our own study and like letting God renew our mind through that is humility mm -hmm. because we learn there's a lot I don't know. Oh, my word. And yes. that is a, that's really important. Yeah, I think um, the interesting thing, too, is when Jesus was teaching, there was discussion, there was mm -hmm. discourse, right? It literally, some of them are called that, the discourse of Jesus. So, I mean, it's like we've lost that art of discourse as well. Mm. Like, it's either argument, yelling over, or being just taught, preached at. Right. And, and even on Sundays, like, I feel that tension sometimes, like, answer me. Like, give me, what are your thoughts? Sure. And we do that in Sunday school and adult ed and whatnot. But um, Jesus used discourse. Because it forces you to think and forces you to have to have a comeback, a mm -hmm. reason for why you believe this. And so I think we need to grow in that as well, especially the Romans 12, like to renew my mind, like the discussions we have and I have with other people help me to formulate why I believe what I believe. Because mm. it's thinking out loud and talking, discussing and kind of pushing back on each other and then discerning what is true and what isn't based upon that discourse as well. So I'm spending more time in Romans 12 than I expected to, but I think it's necessary. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. I think... It comes back to something we've we've hit on a lot is that if we if we are not in the word, mm -hmm. if we are not in the scriptures, letting the scriptures form our minds in the way we think about, see and perceive the world around us and people around us, then we're we just we can't do this well. <laughs> we mm -hmm. won't do this well. We mm -hmm. won't we won't be able to renew our minds. We won't be able to discern what is the will of God and discern what does the kingdom look like manifested in this area? Or mm -hmm. how do I think about this in a kingdom with a kingdom mindset? Mm -hmm. And it made me think about, 
that C.S. Lewis quote we brought up is that he says, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, we see everything else by Jesus, mm-hmm. not, um, not like he said, I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it. It's not only because we see it, but Jesus becomes the filter and the lens through which we interpret the rest of our lives. Um, I just found that quote to be helpful in communicating that, but we, we need to know him through his word. Yeah. And I would really encourage you if you're listening and and you're coming to OCC or go to a church, don't be afraid to ask questions. And Mm -hmm. because I think shame or ignorance makes us feel like, well, that I'm really stupid. I don't know where this is or why Mm -hmm. this is. And the growth only occurs to the degree where one admit, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like That's right. when growth actually happens, when you look for these answers. And so I just really encourage you, if you're part of OCC and you don't know where to find the book of Luke, don't be ashamed to mm-hmm. say, I don't know how to find it. We, In order to grow with each other, we have to just confess our weaknesses in this and then uh, be open to being taught and then searching ourselves and searching the scriptures ourselves and kind of pouring ourselves into that. So, I Because shame keeps people away. It does. It keeps them from actually, um, like, the fear of not knowing and looking ignorant mm-hmm. keeps us from growing, and I think it's one of the tools of the devil. Yeah. It keeps us from really challenging our own thinking. It attacks our identity. Yeah. And it, it, it makes us feel like we are, because of X, Y, Z, I am unacceptable and therefore unlovable, mm-hmm. and I won't be, won't be welcomed with by, by where I'm at mm-hmm. you know, because of that. So I agree. Just a second, that. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah, let's keep going. I'm no. sorry, I derailed us a little bit there. No. Nope. It's good. First uh, John 4, 1. Want to jump to that one? Go. All right. Uh, getting in back, you know, kind of thinking the testing, the discerning. Mm-hmm. Uh, John says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. I... It's made me think of, again, the um, wolves in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to discern that. So uh, what do you think? You know, you kind of mentioned this one kind of switches from uh, discern what is the will of God to discerning the spirits, you know, kind of. So what are some of your thoughts on that? Actually, we weren't going to go into First Kings 22, but it reminds me of First Kings 22, sure. right? Uh, where um, the king is desirous of getting what he wants, and he asks 400 prophets and they tell him, go into war, you're going to win. And then uh, the other king says, isn't there not another? And Micah is the prophet that this king hates. And so Micah comes around and says, he's basically, I'm only going to speak what the Lord tells me to speak. And in that process, he kind of counters what the other 400 voices, quote-unquote prophets of the Lord had to say. I Read it. It's a really intriguing passage. Mm-hmm. We don't have time to unpack it. But that being said, that even there's... there's um, we have to make sure that we have the truth compared to everything else. And so um, testing every spirit means I have to know the true word of God versus what sounds almost as good, but not quite. And we talked about this. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about this. But mm-hmm. uh, that piece being there, are, a lot of things contain some truth. And oftentimes it's enough for us to, to kind of take it and run with it versus really do an examination to see that it's all truth. And, um, one of my prayers every Sunday is, is like, Lord, if there's anything that comes from my heart that, or mouth that's not from you, deaf in their ears. Like, I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. And I pray it because I'm human. And so challenge, like, if there's a bibli- unbiblical thought, challenge it. Like, grow. Don't mm-hmm. take my word. Do your work. Um, 
and I'm not saying I'm a false prophet, just for the, for the record, but we all struggle in that area mm-hmm. at times. So test all things. And when he's talking about spirits, it really brings up a spiritual war that's at hand, right? So there's a lot of stuff that's happening in our world in the name of Jesus that is not from Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just being really aware of the fact that we're to test all things because there's a lot of false prophets, a lot of false things that are doing things in the name of God. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's, I guess it's kind of the same answer of Romans 12 too. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. You know, we, in order to test the spirits and to see whether they're from God, mm-hmm. like you said, we need to know the standard of truth. Um, and kind of, again, back to that C.S. Lewis quote, we see, we see it by everything else. Or we see, sorry, I messed that up. Because I, oh, by it, I see everything else. Meaning by Jesus, I see everything else. And so in order to discern those things of what is godly and ungodly, we need to know what is godly, what is rooted in his word, and the worldview that's laid out within the scriptures. Yeah, what's that bottom quote there that you have, and who who said it? The one at the very bottom? Yeah, discernment. Yeah, so this is Charles Spurgeon, mm-hmm. uh, and he said, Discernment is not a matter of telling the difference between right and wrong. Rather, it is telling the difference between right and almost right. Um, and man, we this is tough, because I, th- I think there's certainly a place for between right and wrong. Oh, absolutely. Um, sure. We need, to, we need to do that. I think the part that's more difficult is right and almost right, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because it almost looks right. It almost seems right. And in some cases, there's certain things that we give ourselves over to that almost work, that mm-hmm. that almost feel like they work, that are almost a quote-unquote like fill-in savior for us, but they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it almost feels like they are. And so growing in the ability to say, you know, this this almost works, but it doesn't. And and my only hope really is Jesus. And, and as I discern... Um, w- the difference between these two, and and seeing that, um, yeah, that Jesus is the only way. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting quote. Um, <laughs> just as a personal reference, this this is not very spiritual, but it helps me to understand my own nature. I have a tendency to buy old things that almost work. Mm. That's like my nature, like to try to rescue it and fix it and make it work because I was very cheap for a long time. Um, so I have this John Deere 318 means nothing to most all of you that are listening. It's an old 1980 something mower track, little tractor thingy. And I love the thing. And, and I've worked on this starter over and over and over again. And the only way to make that stupid thing run is to put the jumper cables on it every time. Mm. And I've done, if you're listening and you got an idea, email me because I've done everything and it almost works. I get it going. But if you turn it off, this is so frustrating to Christina. If you turn it off, like you're mowing the woods or something, it's over. It's not going to run again until you hook it back up to something to jump it. Hmm. And so it almost works, but it's so frustrating all at the same time. And I feel like that happens with our walk as well. It's almost Hmm. like we we sabotage our own walk with Jesus Mm -hmm. by holding on to the things that are almost right. And we never quite get full freedom or the full expression of the Holy Spirit working in us because we're holding on to something that isn't quite Christ. Right. But it has this picture of Jesus and really mm-hmm. close to it. And I can kind of, the irony is, is I can, I can manipulate it as well. Right. And so there's something that, to be said about that as followers of Jesus, like surrendering fully to him and not settling mm-hmm. for the almost there. Right. But truly holding on to him. What are your thoughts? I, 
yeah, I think if we're, I don't know, I'm trying to like, you know, what do, what's an indicator that something's almost working, but, and I'm holding on to that more than I am Christ. And I think it's like, mm-hmm. if I have to continue to retell a narrative to myself to mm-hmm. justify what I'm doing or to make it sound better than it actually is kind of like you said, to manipulate it, it's probably something that I should let go of. Mm-hmm. And it's probably something I need to grow in the discernment of, of this is offering me something I want, mm-hmm. but it's also hurting me in ways I don't want or mm-hmm. potentially can hurt me in ways I don't want and hinder my walk with Jesus. And there's more freedom found than in Jesus than if I try to hold on to this thing and hold on to Jesus. Again, because God won't serve two masters. Right. Yep. And so that's that's the thing is he won't compete with anything. Nope. And not because he's just some attention-hungry, jealous, right? like in a bad way. There's something better for us though. Yes. Yes. He knows it. He knows it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I, I mean, wh- whatever it might be, if we, if we have to continue to retell the story to ourselves to. So it, are you saying we become our own false prophets sometimes? Yeah. I mean, it's what, uh, what I'm hearing you say, I guess. Yeah. I think it's, and I, when you just said that, it made me think of, I've heard Paul Tripp say so many times, no one talks to yourself right, more, more than, than you yourself, do. Yep. No one lies to yourself more than yep, you do. Yep. I mean, what is so? What is the narrative we're constantly telling right, ourselves? That's the question. And I think that we get into so many layers of discernment here because then we're starting to approach shame again. Yeah. Of like, what what do I have to? What story do I have to keep telling myself right. to to keep going? Yeah. That's because that's what's almost working, but you have to keep telling yourself, right. and it's not like. And not in a way that, like, I need to keep preaching the gospel to myself because yeah. I forget, but in a way of, like, I need to keep justifying this to myself because I'm not living in the way I know I should be. Yeah. So. I think the counter of that, maybe not counter, another vein of this also plays in, because we're asking the hard questions. And mm-hmm. I even told you, like, when we get to capital punishment, I've got some wrestling to do. I already know that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, just to be frank and honest with you, like, there's certain things that I want to hold on to. But the Lord's saying, but this. And mm-hmm. I think that that's part of this as well, is that uh, God wants to set us free from these things, but it's a territory or a land we don't feel comfortable walking in. Mm. And so we will avoid it and we'll lie to ourselves about It's kind of like one cookie's not bad. And then suddenly you eat a quarter of a cookie and you're like, and you're, you're through three cookies a quarter at a time, and you've convinced yourself that, oh, I just ate a quarter cookie at a time. That is not as a bad, you know? Because it's smaller portions. Right. Yeah. And so we do this thing to trick ourselves, I think, mm. sometimes as well, and just to be really aware of those those mind games that we will play about these deeper issues we're going to be talk about because we want, it really boils down to sell for God. Mm. Mm. Like, do I trust the Lord, or do I want to do this in my own for me? Mm. Is this about me or God? And I think that for me, it boils down to that, at least, is the more we talk, is kind of like, am I willing to submit this to the Lord? And it is shame sometimes, oftentimes, but the other piece also being control. Mm-hmm. I want to control outcomes. Yes. You know? And I want to, and so if I have to believe something, whether it's shame or pride, could be either one, um, you know, kind of discerning what's, what's at play there, like mm-hmm. what's going on, and do I trust that the Lord loves me enough to walk with me through this, even though... This isn't going to be popular. It's not going to be comfortable, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Any other thoughts on that before we jump into the questions? This is a little longer than normal uh, yeah. podcast, but that's okay. Just made me think, like, what do I want more than I want Jesus? Yeah, that's a good question. And the flip side of that is that he wants a relationship with me more than I want a relationship with Often him. Often so. And yeah. 
it's just like the other side of living into his will is flourishing. Mm -hmm. And this is something we've been talking about that we don't just follow these kingdom ethics just Mm -hmm. for the sake of knowing truth and knowing truth is good, but truth sets free. Exactly. We want freedom. Yes. We don't, we don't want to live captivity to ourselves or to the world or to Mm -hmm. anything else. We want to live as free in Christ. (laughs) Yep. And that's what the other side of this is. And yeah. And I, maybe that leads us to the, the one quote from Andrew Wilson where he says, I don't trust Jesus because I trust the Bible. I trust the Bible because I trust Jesus. And that's kind of getting at when Jesus rebukes the Pharisees for searching the scriptures to think that in them they have life. And he says, but it's they that testify about me. And so Jesus is the point. It's the point of the scriptures is to lead us into communion with God. And it says, if he talks and acts as if the Bible is trustworthy, authoritative, good, helpful, and powerful, I will too, even if some of my questions remain unanswered or my answers remain mm-hmm. unpopular. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts as we read that? Well, I mean, what keeps coming to my mind is uh, the Pharisees and how Pharisaical I can become. Mm. Like, So controlling outcomes is what they were doing. They were all about that. Mm-hmm. And so their their authority came from their laws, which stemmed out of God's laws. You know what I mean? And so they created their own little platform to stand on that was um, <clears throat> Jesus plus. Hmm. Or God plus, rather. Um, and so just being mindful of the fact that if we we got to be careful to put our faith in Christ and Christ alone, mm-hmm. you know, and not in all this other stuff. The interesting thing is that the, when uh, it was proclaimed, behold, the kingdom of God is at hand or near, hmm. was a declaration of the fact that, free, like you kind of backing up just a hair, that, that when Jesus was present, sickness was gone. When Jesus mm-hmm. was present, you know, he set people free. He made the lame to walk. Like we saw these small pictures of heaven on earth mm. all over the place where Jesus was. And I think the Pharisees were scared to death of that. Mm. They were afraid because it was outside of their control. Mm-hmm. Um, it was outside. He healed on the Sabbath. You know, he broke all these rules in their right. eyes. And so in that moment, kingdom ethics looked totally contrary to their ethic. Mm-hmm. And so it was outside of their control all of a sudden. And I think that's one of my biggest fears is if I surrender this to the Lord, it's outside. I don't have a say in it. So I I have to Mm. trust that the God who's saying this is worthy of trusting in the outcome of it. And so as I read that, I think that we as Americans, you said, you know, I know that you brought this up in your sermon. We talked about it a while back. We have a tendency to put our faith in the Bible more than our faith in the author. Right. So right. anything you want to say into that before we can jump into these four questions? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, well, there's, there's so much to unpack there. Um, but I think the point, again, is what Jesus said. Like, we say, he said to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures to think that in them you have life. Right. It's they that testify about me. And mm-hmm. then he goes on in John, just a few chapters later, to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the... He, and the point of the written word, the Bible's the written word. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the living word. He is. Right. The written word yep. leads us to the living word. Yes. Like, I don't, I don't know if we'll, we'll spend eternity in his presence. Mm-hmm. And it'll be amazing. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I've, I have some other thoughts, but we got to keep moving. Okay. All righty. Well, uh, we'll maybe unpack those a little later. Uh, the four questions that we had this week um, that I kind of want to, we kind of want to close with, I guess, is, 
how do we discern? What are good questions to ask ourselves to discern what is of the Lord and what's of the flesh and things along those lines? And these are just four that I came up with after studying. We're going to add some and tweak some of them as we go into the specific issues we're going to be talking about over the coming weeks. But the first one is, is God glorified in it? Like if I'm trying to discern, is this good or bad? Like is God going to be glorified in it? Um, does it bring glory to the Lord? Uh, the second one being, does it reflect loving God and loving neighbor? Hmm. Like with what I'm about to do, is it about me? And I, this is where it's hard, right? To love God and love neighbor puts me third. So is this about me or is it about him and others? Mm-hmm. Um, so any thoughts on those first two? I, I just had a thought on the second one. Does it reflect loving God and loving neighbor? You kind of talked about this earlier where we like just say things for the sake of saying or because I heard it mm-hmm. and it becomes this argument and it becomes this competition of like who can shout truth the loudest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, does it reflect loving God right. and loving neighbor? And that brings it back to the person, like the person in mm-hmm. front of me that I'm having an argument with or discussion, hopefully has a soul mm-hmm. and there's, there, there are people to be loved mm-hmm. and people to be uh, shown the gospel and not just, not just like, again, cause it's, it's what we want. We want to, not do this we want to not love god love neighbor so yeah so the third one will it bear the fruit of the spirit or the fruit of the flesh uh do we see love joy peace do we see his fruit being present in this this decision i'm about to make or the consequences of the decision and the last ones do the scriptures speak directly into it Mm -hmm. um and i think just being remaining ignorant of the word has kind of been a scapegoat it's like, if I don't know it, then I don't have to live by it. Mm. And so I think mm. to some degree, that's kind of where we've landed, unfortunately. Ignorance is bliss. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, somebody mentioned, can we do a sermon series on those kinds of statements? You know, cleanliness is next to holiness, those yeah. kinds of things. Ignorance is bliss almost works. Almost. But it doesn't. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. There are consequences to ignorance. Yep. Yep. So anything in those two before we do that kind of last point that I had from the sermon? Yeah, just... uh we, we need to know his word, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that takes time, but at least the, the commitment to learning and growing and in the knowledge of his word. Yeah. And I like uh, what you mentioned earlier. Um, like, so the word is, it is the descriptor of who God is. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it isn't God, but it's the descriptor of who he, so like to really know him yeah. is to know what he, who he is and what he's done and what he said and mm-hmm. what he's taught and all these things. And, I think it's an important thing to do, especially in a generation that will YouTube instructions versus reading them, you right. know, or just skip reading or watching it and just put it together and hope it works and then fix it later. Um, I think that's kind of how we're, we approach life. But thoughts? Yeah, and I think we it's easy, and I, I mean, I, I do it. I, we don't just read the Bible to know what happened a few thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. Certainly that's true. But God wants to interact with me here and now. Right. And so tomorrow morning when I read my Bible, it's not just jumping back in time. Mm-hmm. It's learning who he was and letting him speak through that right. passage to me in the present moment. Yep. And that's, that's how we grow in our knowing of him. Yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, the closing thought that I had with the, with the sermon on Sunday was kingdom ethics asks that we trust that God is true and faithful even when his directive runs contrary to social norms. And that's why we're doing this this series, right, is what does God have to say about these things? And it isn't like, oh, as a church, we're going to stand on this and we're going to beat down people's walls. It isn't that. It's truly, what does God have to say? Mm-hmm. 
and are are we willing to bend towards uh, what God has to say about these things? Um, so it's a really it's an introspective series. I hope that we grow in these ways of asking hard questions, answering hard questions, and really truly having reason for why we believe what we believe, um, mm. and God being the source, not man. So, any closing thoughts before we go ahead and sign off? We thank you for listening a little longer than normal and joining us in this. And if you do have any ideas, we'd love to hear uh, some of your bigger questions. But thoughts? Yeah, just yeah. Thank you for listening, and let us know if you have any thoughts. Just echo what Steve just said, and. Let's continue to grow in what it means to discern his truth from the rest of it. Sounds good. God bless. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us as well as any topics you would like us to consider in the weeks to come. We encourage you to continue to seek first the kingdom of God where you work, live, and play. Blessings.